Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Let's go! Hey, kids. Hey, Dad. War crimes will be prosecuted. I chose this profession, so therefore I, I earned beer. You want to go to the matinee? The feeling is definitely there. You don't know my name! It's a new morning in America. This is the old dude, Howard J. Reynolds. Step into my office. There's not going to be too many punks. Don't you stop worrying about the punks? Ah, you! That's my name! Yeah, let's go to the punk show. Introducing for your listening pleasure. Go episode fifty, high fives podcast. Michael, hi Nathan. How are you? I'm doing fine. Episode fifty. I fifty. Fifty is a lot. Fifty. We could probably throw away the first six though, right? <laughs> Seven. Are they up anywhere? Is yeah, that... they're up on the site, but I don't think I, I don't even know if they're on iTunes. I think I just left them up on our site. If somebody really wants to go to the back catalog, I think for the first five episodes we were just running off of one microphone. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, no, they're both working. I don't think they are. Oh, well. <laughs> We've learned a lot. Yeah, we have. In 50 episodes. In I'm the, just impressed you still want to hang out with me. I'm impressed too. Yeah. Who would have ever seen that coming? Well, did we do anything special for being 50? You I didn't bring a cake for me? I didn't bring anything. No. I thought... I, thought I brought myself. Did you bring anything? <laughs> <laughs> Cue the crickets. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, sir, I didn't. So after 50... Here, you can have this pen. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do with a pen. All right. What does a pen do? Nothing. No. I gave you a root beer. <laughs> what do you need a pen for? You type your notes. I, I make notes as we're, t- as we're talking here. Oh. This is just... Uh, <laughs> you log... <laughs> you know, like we're recording the dialogue. You don't have to take minutes. It's not a meeting. <sighs> You've we're not going to run this. If we're not going to run this the right way. Why are we even doing been this? Wasting so much time, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so episode fifty. Um, this list comes to us via Julie. So shout out Julie. Uh, top five uh, albums that got you into punk rock. And I can't believe we didn't do this episode ever. Yeah, but I'm, I think fifty is a good mark for it. I was going to say I'm glad we did because this worked out perfectly. Yeah, yeah. It's it is perfect. Perfect. It couldn't be more perfect. Um, it would have been perfect if you brought me a cake, but you didn't. <laughs> but we've established that. I feel like this, like this topic's going to cross over for a lot of people. But at the same time, like who fucking cares? Because I think it's, I think there will be like one or two from everybody's list that's different. You know, that, that, that they came from a different vein of, of all the bands that were kind of collectively listened to at the, at the same time that we were all getting into this kind of music. Yeah. I think, uh, well, I mean, obviously you and me will probably have something similar or, and I'm assuming anyone in our age range will. Yeah. I'm curious to see, uh, if we have any younger listeners where theirs comes in Yeah, and older listeners too, but 
the older ones, I'm going to guess are going to be pretty easy to figure out. <laughs> if you're, if you're older than like, if you're getting it from the seventies, I'm going to guess what you figured out. <laughs> yeah. I figured like this was pretty, a pretty easy list to put together. Cause it was really obvious who those, who those bands were. Was that the same for you? Um, or do you have to dig back into the files and clear the cobwebs? No, not really. Uh, I kind of had an idea where I was going to go. And then there was like some minor cuts here or there, like just minor. No, there, this wasn't a top 100. No, no, I, I, had a pre- I, had a pretty good, I, I had a pretty good idea where I wanted to be. Yeah. Where I was going to land. Cool. Yeah. Let's start with what we've been listening to. I'd like to hear what you've been we, listening we don't to. Wanna, we don't want to stray too far from the, the from what the expectation <laughs> is, you know, <laughs> we've talked a lot about it on the, uh, on the WhatsApp, uh, the new good riddance thoughts and prayers. It's a great album and kind of blew my socks off a little bit. Um, cause I just haven't like come to expect that necessarily from good riddance. Like I feel like good riddance, they're often like a good song band, you know, like for, for every album, there's, there's like a couple of good songs on each album, but this is like a good album album, like front to back there. There's nothing like super standout, but like, I just really enjoy listening to the whole album front to back. Yeah, I, I would say that too. And and I know we discussed in the WhatsApp chat, but like for me, after Operation Phoenix, Goodridden's just started putting out albums with good songs. Yeah. And if I heard a song, I'd be like, oh, that was great. But I never wanted to listen to the album and I'd never go back. Totally. This feels fresh, even though it still sounds like Goodridden's. Like, I don't know how totally. Like, like it feels like they finally took a different direction, but it wasn't like a giant leap or anything like that. It just, it just feels like they, they got out of the mundane Goodridden's thing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's different for sure. And I think like... But it, it's not even really different. I don't know what it is. It's something... It, maybe it's a recording even. Yeah, just, that, it, that's for sure part of it. Just It just sounds like a new Good Riddance album where the other ones just sounded like, oh, Good Riddance put an album out. And it's not to, it's not a knock on Good Riddance. Right. But... Yeah. Anyways, I, I'm super stoked on it. I've been like listening to it fairly steadily over the last little bit. Um, I've also been listening to a band called Waco. Have you heard of them? Wake up, wake up, wake up. Not from Texas. No. Believe it or not. They're I, from London in do, the UK. Do they have, is their album cover just Waco on like a, like just the font Waco and then like a blackish kind of cover or something? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. They've got, th- then no. They've got three EPs. Um, I think their first full length comes out like this fall or winter sometime. Um, but yeah, so far just like three EPs, kind of like of that Ordcore vein, I would say. Cool. Um, but they're a self-proclaimed um, cosmic punk. You oh. ever heard of cosmic punk? Mark? I haven't heard cosmic punk yet. <laughs> really? I'll add it to my list. <laughs> <laughs> so cosmic punk, as as described by them, is uh, psychedelia, uh, prog, space, conspiracy theories, supernatural, <laughs> and esoteric teachings. So like, full disclosure, had I read that, I would have never even listened to any of this. Yeah, if you told me that, I'd be like... <laughs> well, I just did. Get back on your fish wagon. <laughs> Anybody got any snake oil? Anybody? <laughs> um, but the it's it's very like melodic rock songs. Cool. Um, yeah, I dig it. So I encourage you to have a listen. I will. Uh, and then there's this other band that I recently heard called They're There, as in like, they're there, Mike. They're there. They're there. Um, which is a horrible, I, I thought it was a great name. And then I started trying to look them up. And there's like a lot of like dance pop stuff by like a group called there there and there's like a 
New York City Radiohead tribute album or tribute band called There There. And it's just, there's a lot of crossover. And then there's the, the Kinsella one that I thought you were talking about when you mentioned to me. There, there, there. Yeah. We spell it differently. This yeah. is just T-H-E-R-E. Yeah. Twice. That's it. There, there. Um, but do you find this with like artists now, like especially like newer ones that maybe don't have a full length that just have like a handful of singles or a couple of EPs, like where bands just like don't even put out a bio anymore. Like I find it harder and harder to even like find a bio. Like you go to Bandcamp and there's no actual bio. It's just discography and merch and maybe a website. So one thing I learned submitting stuff to iTunes and Spotify is you don't really get to do that. Oh, okay. I think you have to hit some some sort of certain level when they start asking for that kind of stuff. Okay. When I was submitting stuff, um, I was only allowed to put the track listings. Right. A vague genre. Yeah. So I couldn't even put like punk. I had to put like alternative or something like that. And the cover art. So that you weren't allowed to write like even like... But even past that, like, I mean, so you, you don't know, get like that a, in iTunes or, yeah. Or so, on, like, it's not on their Facebook page. It's not on, like, even their web page. There's no, like, about. Yeah, I think a lot of that's gone because yeah. people now don't search for music that way. Yeah. A lot of people are just like, I'm searching in Spotify or Apple. So they're like, why am I wasting my time? But unless there's, like, an article been written about this band, like, there's no way of really finding out about them at all. Yeah, like, I, really, I, mean, I don't like it all. The band. That's a huge pet peeve of yeah, mine because it I'm sucks. like, I would like to know, like, even doing where they're from yeah. is even a challenge sometimes. Yeah. So okay. anyways, this band is one of those bands where it was impossible to find anything about them. Um, they're there. Uh, three singles out. They all came out in 2019. So um, I'm anticipating maybe a, a full length this year or next. Um, kind of like a modern baseball vibe with like a older Red City Radio finish to it. Like is kind of what I heard it like kind of reminding me a little bit of like Iron Sheik and like the big gang vocal kind of like call and response to the, the lead vocal. Um, but yeah, I like it. It's, uh, it's, it's something I'm, I'm hoping they're, they're doing something. I, I assume they were Canadian cause they have a song called old Montreal, but I could be wrong. Maybe they just like old Montreal. I feel like old Montreal could be like a cool hipster thing to say. Could be. Yeah. You Good would enough. know better than me. I'm the farthest thing from hipster. <laughs> but your mustache is coming in again. <laughs> <laughs> so it threw me off. <laughs> that's all I've been listening to. Michael? I thought you were going to say that's all I've been looking at. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true too. But I save some things for the back half. Oh, all right. right? All right like all right. side B has to have something to talk about. All Let's right, give right. them to something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, what have I been listening to? The Good Riddance. But yeah. you already covered that. I did. You want to talk um, about it again? Mm, you good? I think we talked about it enough in the WhatsApp chat to ever <laughs> talk about Good Riddance again. This is going to be strung out version 2.0. 2.0. Yeah. Um, the Menzinger song, which I know you haven't checked out because of your... I'm not checking out singles. There. I heard it. Oh, I did. You cheated. It. No, I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. It's just with Spotify now and it's, it's, that... Yeah. Uh, that playlist you shared the yeah. best in new best punk. what is it best in new punk i think it's called yeah it's updated weekly yeah. really good list i really enjoy it uh but it turned up on that a couple times uh, so i like it it's it's a good song i'm i'm eager to hear the rest of it this I, is the problem like for me yeah is that it doesn't have any context for me so i just relate it to the last album that's fair and i have nothing 
like no context for this new album. And I, I don't lump it in with that. I lump it in with what I already know. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming this album is going to be really good because the song they is good. Are. Yeah. They're all good. Yeah. Uh, another band is called Small Crush. Nope. And they just put out a self-titled on Asian Man. Um, if you recall back, I mentioned the term cuddlecore at one point. <laughs> How could I forget? I feel like this band is cuddlecore. Oh, yeah? I mean, they don't call themselves cuddlecore. But if I had to define cuddlecore in my head... This would be it. It would be cuddlecore. It's just kind of like cutesy indie rock, and it's it's rad. Cool. Um, another band, and I'm going to guess you're going to know why I searched this band out, is called Frank Grimes and the Disasters. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Simpsons reference. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they kind of have, like again, that orgcore kind of sound to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but to me, they have a, like a lot of hints of El Clentrio. Okay. So I think you would actually like them a lot. Is it just the name? Like, do they do they associate any of their songs with Frank Grimes? No, unfortunately not. It's How many just, episodes was he in? Just one? Just the one episode. Really? Like, yeah. you can confirm that 100%? I'm like 99.9%. .9%. Like, in, up until like season like 19, he's only definitely in one. Wow. So it's kind of amazing, right? Like when you think about like one-off characters from a sh like, there's no other show that like one-off characters are remembered. Seinfeld. I feel like, uh, soup Nazi, uh, he was in more than one. No. Yeah. He was no. in the finale too. Oh yeah. The finale hey, doesn't hey, count. Hey, the finale hey, doesn't hey, count hey. because they brought all those one-offs back for the finale. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Semantics. Uh, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think you should check it out because I think that's what Grammy would have liked. Okay. What uh, <laughs> Grammy? I think you said Grammy at first. No, Grammy. I'm like, we don't share a Grandma, Mike. That's, and we don't call her Grammy. If you get that Simpsons reference, we can be friends. Yeah. Uh, last one was the Lost Love uh, little EP they put out. Oh, yeah. With uh, It's called Glenn Spaghetti Legs. I did listen to that. I liked them. There were uh, two songs that were just left over, I think, from the last recording. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it too. The album art, it's funny. Yeah. Making fun of Danzig is always like a thing of mine. I think so, you, I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Well, he's so easy to make fun of. Right. It's funny. I don't think I would love, love and hate somebody so much as I love Danzig. <laughs> and hate. Yeah. Because he's like such a joke, but I like him. <laughs> but well, I like making fun of him. I guess I, I do that with Kiss too. I love making fun of Kiss. And right. I like Kiss. But so they're, they're on the same wavelength though of like ridic so ridiculous. Right. It's just... It's, and like, it's I, above and beyond. I shouldn't like them because they're so ridiculous, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I really like that. Yeah. But I have no problems making fun of them. <laughs> I'm sure that's how you feel about hanging out with me. Uh, you know, I mean, not exactly, but you know. Same. Yeah. <laughs> same, but different. Yeah. Uh, and the, uh, that's about it. Other than that, I guess I had been working on putting a bunch of like old corrupt, like old stuff that we had put out. Yeah, it's on on Spotify and and Apple and iTunes and get it digitized. Yeah, so I've been listening to that kind of stuff. It's kind of just more of a nostalgia train for me. So, been enjoying that. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's kind of hard to go through it all and listen to it and put it all out there, but it's fun. Cool. All right, Nate. I'm curious to see where you got into punk rock. Wow. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Like we would have been we would have met around the same time, right? Like maybe a year after, um, something like that. So I feel like you, like our group of friends were into punk rock before me. Okay. Like I would say you guys were a major influence on me finding punk rock. Look at that. Yeah. Who knew? 
I did. You did. <laughs> and you're telling us all right yeah. now. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like I, I think back to that time and like, I was having this conversation the other night and thinking about like how, um, it was at that time you were like, Oh, it's so lame to be growing up when, you know, in the time that we're growing up, like I always thought it'd be way cooler to like grow up when punk rock first came around and like, um, be like part of that punk rock movement from when it like first hit the ground. And like, now that we're, you know, older and kind of looking back on that time, like there's really like no better time I'm for the, for the music that I think we listen to and like just the progression of, of kind of, um, of where, where it went and where it is now. Like I, I look back on and kind of grateful for, for coming up in that time. Yeah. Um, I often wonder if everyone thinks that though. Yeah. About, about their own generation, about everything. Because like, I think like, you know, in dazed and confused, I think there's a scene where they're talking about the seventies and they're like, Oh, the sixties yeah. are so cool. The seventies suck. The eighties yeah. are going to be way cooler. Yeah. Like, I think that's like every generation when you're a teenager, you, the, when you're stuck in that, in that awkward time of your life, you're like, Oh, the, the people that did this before were way cooler. And like, yeah. Yeah. But I think and there's then a like, certain I, point where like you have to be a certain age to really appreciate it for what it is at the time. Right. Like if yeah, you were in your like mid twenties and kind of experiencing that punk rock revival, it probably doesn't mean the same thing. Oh, or for like, sure. you know, if you were like eight years old when Kurt Cobain died, it doesn't hold the same you know, wait for you when you, when you're in your late thirties as it does for. Yeah. My, sorry. I agree with you hundred percent. My argument is that every generation has their things at that age for them. Right. So like ours would be like things like Kurt Cobain. Like, yeah. The, yeah. Everyone's going to know the importance of Kurt Cobain like forever. And like, and that happening, but to us it was like really real at that time. Yeah. But you can't explain how that felt to like, a 10 year old now. Exactly. And that's what I mean. But that 10 year old is going to have something that happens in their pop culture lexicon that sure. happens that maybe we won't even understand in the same way that we won't feel it in the same way they did. Like, I mean, you, you can talk about the Beatles in that way, right? Like we, we like the Beatles and we know the Beatles or whatever, but we don't know what it was like to have the, the Beatles be everything or Elvis be everything right. or like, but I guess what I'm or saying, or the beastie boys be everything, even the beastie boys or something like that. Right. Like we don't know what that is. So I think every generation has it. And I agree with our, with, for this kind of punk rock. Yeah. We just, we were just lucky that it, it yeah. all came in at this time. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind but of, I mean, like I would say that kids in the two thousands probably thought like taking back Sunday and thrice and my chemical romance and all that stuff was like a huge deal. And, and, Jimmy world and dashboard confessional. And then, and to them, that's probably like that emo world is like so important to them. Yeah. So it just, I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Um, so the first band I picked was, uh, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off into 1994. Uh, and this is like the band that like, I, I mean, arguably in all the documentaries that have been made, they were the ones that, you know, hit the gas pedal for punk rocks revival and it was green day and it was dookie. And, uh, you know, like it was, I think again, like from that time, you know, we all, I, I don't know, but we all, I can't speak for everybody, but there was that, there was that judgment around that, you know, shortly after Dookie came out and they got the big record deal and all that, all the bands started getting the record deals. And it was like, Oh, green days, a bunch of sellouts and stuff like that. And it tainted it so much for me that I could never really go back to green day. And like, I mean, along that same vein, I always felt like the singles weren't as explosive as like the singles from Dookie, like basket case, long view. When I come around, like those were instant for me, but like nothing, 
that they did kind of after that had that same pop for or that same effect as as like the singles from that record yeah that makes sense so like it was just a band that i really like never came back to um like i I didn't explore them past that album really you know like i mean i think you should now yeah i think think now if you went you because i i mean obviously i had the same sort of experience with that yeah and I would say now when I listen to stuff after I'm like, Oh, this is way better than I thought it was. Like I just assumed it was like they were sellouts and stuff. They, yeah. were playing, they played Woodstock and yeah, all this yeah. stuff. But see the weird thing for green day for me, and I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to bring it up later is like, yeah, th- that, Oh my God, right away. And I was so into it and stuff, but because I didn't really know what punk rock was, I just lumped that in with alternative music. Right. And I lumped that in with like Weezer and things like that going on at the time. And I was like, this is great. I love it. I right. love this album. Like, but I didn't know it was punk. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, now it makes sense. I'm just like, well, <laughs> of course it was. And yeah. it's like, so, so important. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, that's the bigger thing, right? Is that it's super like love it or hate it. You know, whether you've gotten over the, the whole sellout phase of it all or not, like it's so important to the, the, what the music be what, what punk rock became and the trajectory of that music. Um, just like the offspring was right. Like the offspring's like a band that like, again, uh, another band that I just, I couldn't really, that, that sellout taint was just like so ingrained into me. And so it was, it was hard to come back to, but you know, another band that's like super important to the genre and you know, the, the trajectory of that genre. So anyways, I picked green day, the album's dookie. Um, and I, I really like basket case is the one that sticks out always to me. Um, but I went back and like, listened to this whole record and, uh, there was one other one that stood out, which is like kind of a deep cut. Cause I don't think it got much notice. Uh, Sassafras roots. Oh yeah. They, they got no, I mean, I think that whole album is just front to back is excellent. Like, it I is. think it's like, it's a perfect album. But I think like those three singles were so standout. Like that's, I was always big on she, she was, oh, my, yeah, she was my money song. on that one. Yeah. So. But I mean, everything. I love that. I still listen to Dookie all the time. It's a good album. Yeah. Great album. Staying power. Yep. It, it does sound fresh, actually, which is really weird for an album that old and that like pigeonholed. Totally. It still sounds like when I when those songs come on, I'm just like, this is great. Like, yeah. I don't know. If, and I don't think it's nostalgia. No, no. I think they're just great songs. Yeah. Yeah. So to you. All right. Mine's a little bit different because I think we have a different trajectory. I like that. Um. So the first band I picked was The Clash. Of course. Because they're my band. Because. Because. Uh, <laughs> so my story with The Clash is that like um, my uncle who we've talked, I've talked about a little bit on the podcast before is like a major influence on music for me. And he used to like, I'd go raid his CDs and his records and his tapes when he wasn't around. And he had a Clash poster or something. So I was always curious about who The Clash were. Like he had any other Clash clash on broadway box set and it was bigger than all the other cds on the shelf so i always looked at him like that's that i gotta check that band out but i could never like figure out i never stole the clash album the first time i stole one it was like from him it was i grabbed crowded house by accident can i confused crowded house with the clash i don't know why i think they had a similar aesthetic in like on t-shirts and stuff at the time or something so does crowded house still have like a special no i don't like i don't think i really like crowded house that much Anyway, but I was like, oh, okay. But the next time I went back, I took the Clash on Broadway. Like, I think he went out of town for something, and I took the Clash on Broadway box set. And and 
on an album or a CD. I can't remember. It was either a record or a CD. And uh, it was just awesome. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, I knew it wasn't metal and I knew it wasn't like alternative and I knew it wasn't like, like I'd been listening to rap a little bit. Like, it was just different. It was like edgy and like raw and I just loved it. So, yeah. Uh, I ended up getting either him to make me a tape or I bought the tape of the Clash, the first Clash album. And I think it's probably in my album rotation, like on a regular basis still. So I went with the first track, Janie Jones.
So keeping with like the, the Bay Area kind of uh, geography, I guess, um, my next band uh, was uh, is Operation Ivy. Um, really? Yeah. Awesome. Because that was one of those bands that like came in early and um, I was just like, they were just so different from everything else that, that we were listening to at that time. Like, you know, Green Day was like this polished band coming out of, and I didn't even know they were coming out of the same place, let alone playing the same venues like Gilman street, you know, that this was, this was also, you know, pre internet. Right. So it wasn't like you were getting any of this information anywhere. Right. And there were no documentaries being done about any of that stuff at that time. So my, my question is how did you discover operation Ivy? It was through, um, it was through like just somebody at school. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody had like a, a tape and it was one of those like, Hey, have you heard this? And that, throw it in the Walkman. And it was just like, this is so different. Like I didn't hear Operation Ivy until like high school with you guys. Like yeah. I would have never even heard the name. Yeah. I had never seen the logos or anything. Like they were total, like when I first heard them from you guys. It was like awesome. Like, in the, and it would have been like later on, even hearing from you guys, like not, not right out of the gates, even hanging out with you guys. Yeah. It would have been like later on. Yeah. Like, I think it was early high school that I first heard them. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, that was kind of that, that bridging time was like late junior high, early high school. Yeah, that yeah. Like that it all kind of happened. Right. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know what it was like for you, but for me, it was like wanting that, you know, listening to alternative music mostly at that time. And then just, like hearing this like much faster, aggressive, like more just in your face and like energetic music. Oh, that's like what it I... was, it was like pulling all that really good stuff from the, the, the alternative music we were listening to and like just creating a brand new thing with it all. Yeah. And plus alternative at that time was already starting to become stagnant. Totally. Like it was already the radio had already like grasped onto it and like done its thing with it. And there was already like, knockoff bands and like yeah it just it it was losing its luster yeah and it, it was becoming so produced so like anything from that grunge era was starting to sound produced even the bands that were still around doing stuff and like same with metal for me at that time so like it's like you said when i started getting into this punk with you guys i was like i love how aggressive these are this is and i like how crazy it is and like yeah i like that their lyrics mean something it's not just about girls yeah. all the time and it's not just about like partying it's like stuff i should really look into. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about politics and talking about looking at the world yeah. in, in general and operation Ivy was just, it was like that next level, like really quick, 
you know, like mm-hmm. it opened that door to ska that I had never heard of before, like never heard of two-tone. I mean, obviously I'd heard of reggae, reggae and stuff before, but not that, that ska music and, uh, that whole vibe, which, you know, later led to like bands like Rancid and, and things like that. And not really even knowing that until that, that connection. Down, yeah. Until hearing Rancid down the line and being like, oh, these sound familiar. Cause I mean, it's, it's weird. You take it for granted. Now you can learn so much just by absorbing all the information that's coming in around you from all the different ways that we collect information now. But like then it was like, you know, where do you even research that, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just like with all the documentaries coming out now too, like, did you watch that turn it around documentary? That's all about like the, um, no, the I, haven't, I haven't watched that one yet. Gilman street. No, I haven't watched that one yet. It's really good. And you know, I think there was like some mysticism around op Ivy too, cause they were such a short lived band that yeah. just had so much like love and appreciation around them. Yeah. The stuff in the lookout book about the, about op Ivy is pretty interesting. Cause they're just like, they blew up and then disappeared yeah. so quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like how that, that scene contributed so much but it was like such a really like small area and really like it was kind of a small amount of time too. Right. Yeah. That's what I like. Um, going back to that small crush band. Yeah. They're part of the Gilman street thing. Oh, cool. So there's a whole bunch of bands doing this whole thing in Gilman street again. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool. So I've been looking Super at, cool. kinda, I'm just kind of seeing who's playing with them and like trying to check them out and stuff like that. Just being like, Oh, it's cool. Cause like there's gotta be cool stuff coming out of there. Yeah. Anyway. Nice. Um, Operation Ivy, Energy, and uh, the song I picked was Bad Town. Nice. Because I think like when I first heard that one, I was like, you can have saxophones in this music? <laughs> saxophone. <laughs> and as we both know, I really like a saxophone. You're a sax man. Yeah. So this this works out well because the band I picked was Rancid. Oh, excellent. And I went off with Let's Go. Excellent. Because excellent choice. Again, this is before I think I even knew what punk was. Yeah. Like um, I had got let's go for Christmas. And again, my uncle was like, yeah, they, this guy, this band is like the closest thing to the clash in years. You'd probably like it. So I looked at it and I looked at the back and the photo on the back. I was like, this is ridiculous. These guys look like idiots. <laughs> like this is some sort of caricature of like punk rock, like, like the villains in like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, okay, I'm going to go listen to my Metallica album. Right. And then... Because the long hair and the tight <laughs> jeans, that, that didn't <laughs> seem like a caricature <laughs> of anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but I put it in and the first time I listened to it, I didn't really get it. I was like, yeah, I can see how they, the Clash thing, but the Clash does it better. Right. And then like, I started listening to it again and again and I was like, man, this is really good. So I started putting in my mixtapes like just to get like into it and like... After a while, it's like kind of like spicy food. Like you just start craving it. Right. So that's it. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like spicy food. Well, okay. Like, so I'm not a guy who liked spicy food growing up. Yeah. But once you get into spicy food, yeah. you're just like, if the first bite, you're like, ugh, that wasn't very good. It burns. And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, no, I want another bite. I got to feel that again. I like it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like let's go do that for me. And it started, that's when I first started then being like, oh, I'm going to explore what this punk is. And I think that probably coincided. I can't, I don't remember the dates on it, but I think it probably coincides with like starting high school with you guys and meeting you guys. Yeah, probably. You probably had a rancid shirt and I was like, oh, he's got a rancid shirt. Isn't that Horace Grant over there? (laughs) (laughs) 
that was like that thing though, right? Like it was like a calling card, right? Like wearing a band shirt. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like definitely raising the flag, flying the flag. Yeah. Cool. So, what so song? I went with the international cover up. Wow. Nice. Also wanted, a great song. I was going to go with Dope Sick Girl because I think that's the first one that I was like really into. Yeah. Just because I think the lyrics were easy to sing. But now I don't like Dope Sick Girl that much. Okay. So international cover-ups, like much more fun. <laughs> oh, like when you were picking songs. So like, I don't want to like go jump the gun. Yeah. Um, but like, were you thinking more about like the stuff that was like of the time for you? Or are you thinking more about like, you know, the album, but these are songs that stand out for me more now? Um, probably of the time and with a little bit like the, the clash one, I could have picked any clash song. Like there's very few clash songs I don't like. Yeah. Um, and same with rancid. There's very few, like off those first three albums, like I like or first four, probably I like most of the stuff. So, yeah, but I just, I went with international cover up. I mean, like that was, again, that would have been on a lot of the mixtapes I put on probably radio. I would have put on a lot and sidekick. Yeah. Nice. So cool. Operation Ivy. Bad Town and Rancid International Cover Up.
This is another band that uh, was introduced to me uh, via cassette. Um, and the band is Screeching Weasel. Oh. And I had no idea until today um, that this album came out in 1988. Like, I thought this was much, well, not much later, but like 88 seemed like really old <laughs> back then, right? Um, but Boogada 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 is the the album. Um, arguably not one of their best albums. <laughs> But again, like this was like a 26 song record. Yeah. Like just ridiculous amount of songs. Mind you, they're all like a minute and a half. <laughs> so I guess, you know, to have a 26 minute record, you got to have 26 songs. Um, but like this was that band that like kind of spoke more to like the aesthetic of what I thought punk rock really was, you know, like that garage sound, that kind of DIY sound. Cause like really like Rancid. It, it sounded pretty polished for the time, right? Like, I mean, oh, it, Rancid, was, Rancid, it was definitely polished. I mean, yeah. that, that's probably why I could pick it up at like HMV. And it was like, yeah. that's probably one of the reasons it was on. I don't think it was. Ever, well, maybe they were on the radio. Maybe Salvation was on the radio. Oh, for sure. It was. It was? Yeah. yeah. See, I was never a radio guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, they had, I mean, hearing that, that music or seeing that music video, um, that was like. See, I, I don't think I remember the music video. I just know the only reason I know Salvation is because once we did an interview, with like fast forward or something. And Justin brought up how salvation, it was supposed to be an interview about all of us and the regular one. Justin, Justin was like, it was basically about Justin listening to salvation on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, and green day was so polished, right? Like I think like when that music was first coming out, like we weren't hearing the, the back files, the, the kind of DIY, um, uh, aesthetic that it all grew from. Yeah. Right. And so this was that it was like, okay, so this is where a lot of this comes from. Right. And it had like that, that beat up garage sound. It had that snotty punk rock kind of vibe to it, you know, and like this, the songs that they were writing also had like kind of that, that those political nuances, you know, mixed in with it. And then songs like I hate Led Zeppelin, which was, you know, just to like <laughs> piss everybody off. <laughs> Do you find that when like, when I first started getting into punk rock, I was like, I'd look at titles like that and I'd be like, I like this. Look at, look at how funny they are. They're yeah. making fun of shit. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even like them being funny. It was to me, it said more like, 
you know, to the, the metal kids that were kind of like coming across to punk rock, like, <laughs> fuck you. Like not, not <laughs> no, you no, necessarily. No, You've drawn your line there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Like, no, I yeah, mean, yeah, no, I know. It was very much like, this is, this is our own thing. Like I kind of remember when you played me, it was probably, I'm guessing it was you played or Justin that played that, uh, gutter mouth song with a kiss smart me thing oh <laughs> it was just yeah. like i'm gonna like the song just because it's hilarious and it's making fun of kiss <laughs> so yeah this was uh this was it this was this was that that band that showed me that there was like kind of punk rock before it became mainstream i guess Four um, nine nine four. yeah exactly <laughs> uh so the song that i chose is my right cool to you to me the so the third one in full disclosure I've only bought this album because I saw the word punk in it. <laughs> Excellent. It was like super cheap. And I had just hung, started hanging out with you guys. And I was like, Oh, I kind of like what these guys are listening to. And like, you guys had kind of like, we'd driven around or like talked about stuff. And I'd heard the names like no effects and bad religion. And, yeah. And like the fat bands face to face and whatnot. And uh, so I went to HMV and I was like looking, I'm like, Oh, they have a punk section. And then I looked at the comp section and then I saw Punkorama. And I was like, okay, it says punk, it's cheap. And I've heard some of these, heard of these band names. Yeah. And then I saw Offspring was on there. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'm like, worst case scenario, I like Offspring. Right. Um, again, I had never really associated Offspring with punk at the time. Still, I'd not like, like I liked Smash when it came out and I really enjoyed it, but I'd never thought of it ever as a punk album until I would have known later on. Right. Um, so yeah, I picked it up, uh, and I like, I I'm like, I still like punk rama. I don't know if it's like good, but it's still like, it's so nostalgic to me that like listening to punk rama is like such a gateway for me for like all these bands. Totally. Like the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ridiculous fonts and like, yeah, yeah. But I liked, I, I, I'm thinking that inside there was like pictures of the bands or something. Yeah, and then I, totally. could, and I was like looking, I was like, Oh, that's cool. And like SNFU was on there. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, those guys are from Edmonton. Yeah. That's even cooler. Yeah. But, uh, I, I decided I was going to go with the offspring song and I went with session. Nice. Cheap comps. That was the way to get it. Screeching weasel. My right. And the offspring sessions off Punkorama. <laughs>
debated the bad religion off there but 
I just felt like what was that one? I think it's Do What You Want. Oh yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, I feel like Jared Hyde probably made a mixtape, and it was just like all those songs and Survival of the Fattest, but like mixed. Into- yeah. <laughs> Did it come like fast when when you started getting into punk rock? Like was it like no. you know kind of I'll grab this album or I'll grab that, but. It, did it, did, were you buying like a lot of records all at once? Uh, well, I didn't have a ton of money at that time. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Oh. Fair enough. And I was still like, I was still like hinging with my other stuff. Like I was still buying metal and like rap and stuff and alternative stuff. Right. Um, but once we started going to like, probably by like the middle of grade after Christmas, I think I got like white trash to heaves and veen for Christmas. Okay. And I got like. Like I'd put a bunch of those on the list and I got like four or five albums, like maybe like a face-to-face album and maybe Survival the Fattest. And then I just started buying stuff. Like I, I remember going to HV and Megatunes a lot. Yeah. Like we used to go to Megatunes a lot. Yeah. And then I started like talking to Payday. Yeah. And then I started talking to Brock and Brock started like getting me like way more into stuff. Yeah. I feel like it came fast for me and not necessarily like in, in the buying, but like in, at the very least, like consuming. exchanging tapes and yeah, consuming. Like, I, like, yeah, we'd be exchanging tapes a lot at school or talking about bands enough to like, yeah. Want to hear about them and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was really quick, you know, it just kind of took over. Like, like it wasn't like, you know, listening. I would say by the end of grade 10, I was like, I wasn't listening to like Aussie or Metallica. Anymore. Yeah. Well, cause it also became one of those things. Or maybe that I was, you, that's a lie. <laughs> I think for most of us, like, I think you were unique in that way that you really yeah. like hung on to all the stuff that you listened to. Yeah. But I think like for most of like our friend yeah, you group, you made fun of me a lot. So, well, I mean, we did. Cause at that time it just felt like you had to like this music and that yeah, was you, it. You, you were weren't pretty- allowed to like anything else. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, big ups to you for being a grown up through and through. <laughs> we were just like shitty kids the whole time i was a stubborn (laughs) asshole from the start (laughs) um but uh we knew we were going to cross over at some point yeah and we did cross over um because i picked i picked rancid as well oh um and i picked uh let's go as well oh because i would have thought you were gonna i knew you were gonna pick rancid and i figured you're gonna pick out come the wolves no because that came that came later that first record that i heard was let's go and then you know i went back and got the self-titled like probably a year later or, or maybe it wasn't even until an outcome, the wolves came out that I heard it, but, um, no, let's go. And it's funny. Cause you had that same, like, uh, or, you know, seeing the back cover, you know, had a completely different effect <laughs> on you than it did for me. <laughs> like to me, it was like, there was like this sense of like, not like danger, but like there was this like, but they look so ridiculous. I didn't think it was ridiculous though. I thought it was like, um, I like it was costumed in a sense, but like, it just felt like, I don't know. It was like so intriguing. I was so like, like, um, just curious about it, you know, seeing like, you know, these guys with these big mohawks and, you know, painted fingernails and and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it was much more intriguing, I think to me than comical, you know, like that's fair from your perspective. And I vividly remember seeing that video for salvation, you know, with like them kind of riding around on BMX bikes in like, you know, the shitty parts of San Francisco. (laughs) Um, and just once again, kind of being more and more intrigued by the music. Right. Yeah. The funny thing is, uh, let's go as 23 songs on it. And you and I both picked the same song. I no. picked international cover up as well. Yeah. So you're going to audible and pick a different song. I am. Cause I mean, there's so many good songs. Oh, yeah. It still totally stands up. 
um, like that, that record is, you know, I mean, sure. There's a couple that you could toss away, but from front to back, there are so many, so many good songs. Um, and, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to audible it with, uh, nihilism because uh, I really like that song. That's a great a song. Yeah. And it, like a great opener too. I, I think that was the first time I heard the word nihilism and like had to look it up. Yeah. Like, and then I no didn't one... hear it again until <laughs> I saw, um, uh, the dude in, uh, the big Lebowski, oh. <laughs> the nihilists. <laughs> we are nihilist Lebowski. Remember? Uh, no. I I, you know what? This is really weird. I, when we seen Big Lebowski once. Oh, wow. I know, which is, it seems that like it'd be like right up my alley, hey? Yeah, it does. Yeah. But anything I assume you like, you don't. So I'm starting to learn this more and more. I think with Rancid too, it was like, they kind of like opened that door to like, um, that kind of like, like ghetto side of punk. Like, I like that rawness right away. Yeah. Like that, it, even if it was poppy. Yeah. But like talking about like drugs like, and like, yeah, like dope sick girl and yeah. like talking about the tenderloin, like, yeah. I don't think I figured out what the tenderline was till just a couple of years ago, you know, like, um, like stuff like that. It was just, it was so intriguing cause it was so far removed from anything that, that we knew. Yeah, for sure. And it was just like another layer of like this music that I we were being introduced to. Definitely wasn't feeling it in suburban Calgary. No. At that time. <laughs> you weren't feeling the tenderloin? No, not until like, well, not the tenderloin, but generally we weren't feeling that until we started going to local shows together and stuff. Totally. Like that, so yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike. All right. Uh, another one for the old memory vault. <laughs> Open it up. Uh, this is uh, a band from Calgary. Oh, uh, Chicks Dig It. Yeah, nice. Uh, and it's off another compilation, off Bloodbath of the Chinese Disco. Also a great, great comp. Yeah. And uh, I vividly remember listening to this in Jeff's car, <laughs> driving to shows. Nice. And like, I hadn't, hadn't known much about Chicks Dig It. I mean, we've discussed it before. How you guys tricked me that your yeah. band was Chicks Dig It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, this comp, I just loved. And it was like my first foray into like local bands. And I was like, oh, wow. Like these guys are from here and they're like really making it. They're on sub pop. And like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And um, the song I went with was Mila Carolina Me. Nice. Because uh, I just always liked that song. And I liked that it was referencing the... Uh, the Maroonies. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought that was funny to me. Like yeah. I was like, Oh, they're, they're making fun of the Canadian government. You don't hear a lot of bands making fun of Canada. Right. I'm like this is great. So nice. And plus I liked the. I always thought the name was awesome. I always thought Chick Stig. I still think Chick Stig is a great band name. Really? And it's a great logo. Yeah. I, I never really liked the name. Um, but I, I mean, I, I love the band. Um, you don't like Chick Stig. It's like, it's a, such a hilarious name. And the way it's like, got that like, I don't know. The font's awesome. Everything's about the it. The font's it's a, great. It's a great shirt. It was a great shirt. Yeah. They're a great band. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, I, I thought about like what local bands I got into, you know, through um, when we were coming up into listening to punk rock. But I feel like that was the part that, that came so much later for me, like going to shows and stuff like that. And maybe it wasn't, it just felt so much later. See, that's why I'm curious. I, I feel like you, guys discovered these bands in like junior high it might have been I, like i, I feel mean, like I, you guys like in grade nine because like it was early on in high school when i met you guys yeah and then you guys already like by the time jeff got a car in like february so by february we were going to shows yeah in his car wrecking things and we were listening to like i remember jerry hyde made a lot of mixtapes in there i wasn't allowed my mixtapes in there <laughs> that makes sense uh 
but Jerry had him and then, and then be like stuff like the blood bloodbath the Chinese disco was there huh. and then like uh like I knew he had field day on tapes and stuff like that yeah like, yeah and uh yeah field day that would have been the local one that that uh that would have like that could have made this list I think because I was like I think the first local band I ever really heard was field day and justin was like listening to like the smalls and stuff yeah, like actually that. i just wrote i just looking at my notes here i'm like the smalls like the smalls were on that tape i remember they had that mtv song they'd play it so loud in right. just car right yeah but again the Funny. smalls aren't really are they punk i don't know yeah i mean yes and no i mean like that they're vain like there I, were I so all that stuff into it so. there were so few bands like right out of the gates at yeah. that time i mean at least in our purview yeah, I mean, so. had we been a little older, maybe it would have been, we would have seen more. Yeah. But I think like the bands that were playing all ages shows or were at least like that we were aware of, mm-hmm. you know, there, there weren't a lot of them in, in the city in the early days. Rancid, Nihilism, and? Chicks to get Mila Carolina me. I'm 
It, Mike, we're done. I should. Uh, we're over. This is it. This <laughs> is the last one. Forever? You're no. quitting on me? No, I can't do that. I can't quit on you. Okay. I'll never quit on you. Hopefully, listeners don't either. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. 50 I, episodes. I think we're just growing stronger, Mike. You think? I think so. Uh, All the time. We're just you, picking up steam. You know we're what? Like I mean? a train. It doesn't even matter because I just enjoy hanging out with you. It's the best part. It is the best part because yeah. we don't hang out enough anymore. No. Getting old sucks because you don't hang out with your friends as much. So you need stuff like this to force you to hang out. Especially work friends. We're not really work friends. <laughs> I finally got it out of you. After 50 episodes, you've acknowledged me as a friend. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so what has this t- taught us? Nothing. <laughs> More crickets? <laughs> <laughs> I hope when you're editing, you have a cricket. Uh, <laughs> I'll find <sign>. one. <laughs> I'll look for one. <laughs> but uh, before we get into that last pick, I just want to say thank you all for listening, uh, whether it be through iTunes or website, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, whatever, you, however you're listening. Thank you for listening. Thanks for interacting with us. Thanks for checking us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, thank you very much to everyone in the WhatsApp chat. It's a lot of fun. It does uh, tie in all our all this stuff going on because we have conversations. Yeah, it's a behind the scenes, really. Uh, if you're looking if, for more. If you really want to talk about what the best Good Riddance album is, or what the best Strung Out <laughs> album is, or why I don't like Sublime. Find or another venue. If Vincent is the best No Effects song, this is the kind of place you want to be. If you're like, well, that's the nerdiest thing I've ever heard. Stay away, because you don't want to be there. <laughs> People have a lot of opinions in there. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. And it can get edgy, but it's a lot of fun for us. <laughs> time to time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just really want to say thank you to everyone. And thanks, Nate, for doing this with me for 50 episodes and hopefully a lot more. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoy doing this. Yeah, and me it, too. And like we were just saying, I don't, off, off, uh, off mic. <laughs> off air. Uh, the, it, it is a good way to consume music and force us in, an, in a digital age to go back and look at other like our old albums and stuff yeah. like that. So we hope you guys do that too. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Yeah. 50 episodes. It, it causes like, it's like a moment of pause. It's a time for reflection, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot to mention. Uh, and again, this is no pressure. If you want to support us and you want to buy a t-shirt, do go it, to, go to T public yeah. or if you want to buy a mug or whatever else random a thing. Pillow they, case. they have some really random stuff there. I'm like, who's buying flags? <laughs> Yeah, I really, if I had enough money, I would buy you the, the Nate flag just so you could have it <laughs> in your house. It'd be amazing. But hang it from my window Yeah, or over top of my window. Yeah. Don't you love the guy that puts a flag in his window? He's too busy to be bothered with curtains. <laughs> he is too busy. <laughs> curtains are such, they're just, they are the worst. But I do hate nagging. So or mentioning that stuff, but it doesn't like, it's not a huge donation to us. So don't feel obligated. But if you're into that, it's on T public, it's on our website and, uh, do it. Yeah. Nate did it. If you want, <laughs> I did it to the tune of ridiculous amounts of money <laughs> that we, we just lost money. On. Yeah. <laughs> well, I certainly lost money. Um, my last pick, um, and this, uh, I think this was like the first punk CD I bought. Um, 
I, I think we've talked about it on the, sh- on, on one of the episodes before. Um, cause I mean, really like in 50 episodes, we've talked about like where, where punk rock came for us in some way, shape or form, but never like kind of in this concentrated, um, of a, of a forum. Um, but no effects punk and drawback, I think was the first CD, uh, punk CD I bought. And, uh, I think it was because, um, like our friend Justin had like the poster in his room or something. Like he was really ahead <laughs> Just, of the time. Justin was ahead of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like Justin and Jer Hyde really got, got a, like a little claw into that, in that niche. And yeah. They, so I could go to them to see what they wanted. Well, I think with Jay, like he had a friend that was like a couple years, a year or two older than us and like was kind of into... Don't um, make, he doesn't have friends. He outside did. Of he had group. this one. No. Just this Made one. Up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so he got some influence uh, in that in that way. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I, I think that's where I originally saw it was just, I don't know if I heard any of it or if it was just like, oh, I've seen this poster I'm going to check it out again. It was like, it says punk on it, you know? That was a good, that was a good gateway. (laughs) It sure was. Yeah. I wonder how many things of that time had punk. That and then then if you saw epitaph or fat on it, that was like, Oh, I should get it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this cheap, (laughs) cheap comp. $8. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, anything. Well, I think they were even cheaper than that. Yeah. I think they were like four 99 or something. I think that that was like the American price for it. But I think ours were always like eight bucks. Right. Because they've always had better money than we have. Yeah, uh. they can keep their money. <laughs> um, but yeah, Punk and Droglick was like that. Um, hearing like again it, this music in just a, a different way. Like it was, it was fast, it was aggressive, but then it was funny, and then it was political. Like they kind of encompassed all of it. Um, and then had like, you know, like those different songs like Rico on there, right? Like, which didn't like really fit the mold of the rest of the album, but yep. like was still a great song and like, you know, opened that, that, I mean, a lot of bands at, of that time had like a ska song or a kind of reggae <laughs> and then, sounding and then song. every band did a ska yeah. song. Yeah, exactly. You had to. <laughs> you had to pick like, it up. Are you a real band? <laughs> pick it up. Right. <laughs> What are we picking up? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, the song I picked though was, uh, this is a deep cut cause I didn't want to go with anything to, uh, something that you've maybe listened to in the last like week or two that's, that's come well, up. Funny. I did listen to this whole album like two days ago. Oh really? Yeah. And what was the standout now for you? Well, I just had, uh, I just had, uh, I can't even think of the name of the song now, but how did the cat get so fat in my head? Oh yeah. So that was just singing Perfect that. Perfect government. Perfect government. Yeah. yeah. So I just had that in my head. So I was like, I it's a great song. Listen to that album. Yeah. And was that the song that stood out for you then? Oh, I think the, I just like the album. Yeah. It's like, it's a good no effects album. It's pretty diverse. Yeah. Like I kind of forgot, how, of the I song forgot how diverse it was. Yeah. Uh, the song I picked, uh, was just a ridiculous song. Probably a song that you wouldn't necessarily like click to. Can I guess? Yeah. Birkenstock? Yeah. <laughs> Jeff wears yeah. Birkenstocks. Just ridiculous. I think that might've been the first song I heard on that one. And I feel like somebody put it on a tape just to make fun of our friend Jeff at the time. Right. Probably. I feel like Jeff does wear Birkenstocks. But I feel like that was part of the appeal to punk rock too, is like it didn't take itself too seriously all the time. Right. And like yeah. every other music I think I'd ever listened to up until that point, especially like alternative music was like really taking itself really seriously. Oh, especially. Yeah. Like, not, like grunge took itself yeah. really serious. Yeah. Especially and after, cause like the pop, like pop rock at the time would have been like, 
hair metal bands. Totally. Who and like the shittiest of hair metal bands. So you right. would have like, <laughs> which I'm not going to get into my aren't rant those, about. But you're aren't those synonymous. Yeah, let's. But like, you're going to get like the poisons and like the like. We're not here to talk about poison. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get that shit and like Cinderella and like Warrant and stuff like that. And yeah. You're like white fish or white snake, white snake. White fish is, is also <laughs> a very nice dinner choice. But I meant like, that's like, that's what, the, so then like grunge came and it was so serious. Yeah. And then punk kind of, that's what I'm saying. Like the humor of like a punk song, like Mila Caroline, me or Jeff was working song. Yeah. Really appealed to me. Or I want to hump you. Like it's yeah. like, what was the anti rock star? Yeah. Right. Like, and, and I actually, that, we should, we didn't touch on that. That really appealed to me of punk. The anti rock starness of punk right. appealed to me, which is really funny since like all the bands I'm into were like so like even the thrash metal bands are still rock stars. They're playing stadiums and right. like and that's what I thought music was. Right. And then like these bands were not doing it. And I was like, oh, this is way cooler. Yeah. Well, and like even to the effect of like when we were going to shows, uh, like, you know, the the community halls and stuff like that, yeah. I would say most times, like the majority of the times, the bands were playing like on the floor. They weren't yeah. up on a stage and the whole, yeah, you know, part of that was like, we're all the same exactly. kind of a and deal, that right? Always, that, like that just appealed to me so much. Yeah. Like, I think we saw Propagandy play like that. No, they played up on the stage. No, I'm no? I'm almost positive we saw them play on the floor at Multi. No, they played on the stage. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, we were all dancing because I don't dance. And I, it's like one of the <laughs> 10 times in my life I've danced. One of the 10. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wish I was there. You I wish there. I remember that. Yeah. You're probably too cool to hang out with me then. Probably. All right, to you. Uh, Your okay. last pick. So I wanted, because of this, I wanted to pick a local band. Okay. So. Um, well, you did. Yeah, well, I want to pick a, like a uh, less a less popular local band, like a, a local band, like when we started going to local shows, like at Carpenters and Multicultural Center and Black Lounge and stuff like that. Gotcha. So there was a bunch in there. There was like Showdown or Knucklehead or The Everyman or like Rebel Young Republican. Yeah. But then I started thinking, I was like, how did I get into this? Yeah. How did I get? And then I was like trying to think about how did I even meet all my friends? Right. <laughs> because we've been friends for so long now. I'm like, you kind of forget. I'm like, I'm like I went to a different school than all of them until high school, like the people I hung out with in junior high, I didn't really hang out with after. Yeah. I'm like, how did this all happen? So I started thinking, I was like, it was gym class and I met Dev. Okay. So like, I don't remember what your gym class was like, but it, I think there was like four or five, like, cl- like chunks of kids in that, like the, like four classes at the same time. Yeah. In grade it was, 10 gym it was class. a couple of classes for sure. And I knew no one. Right. Like I was like, there's not a single person from my school here. Uh, I vaguely knew Jeremy Barreto because we played hockey together. Okay. So I tried to cling to him a little bit. And Jeremy was He like, wasn't having any of it. Yeah, but he was sort of friends with you guys. And then uh, I used to wear a Kiss shirt as my like shirt in gym class. Nice. And I was like, and I had long hair. That's brave. I had long hair, pretty long hair. And uh, the gym teacher loved it because he was in a Kiss cover band. Nice. Which I always thought was still cool. And then Devin came and talked to me like maybe the second day and he liked Kiss. Allegedly. Allegedly. Does <laughs> <laughs> anyone really like Kiss? I really like Kiss. I'm just kidding. But anyway, so Dev, Dev and me started talking a lot about, and I was like, oh, he likes like the same sort of thing, like different kind of music. And he like knows about horror movies and he knows about like pop culture stuff that I'm into and comic books and stuff. So Dev and me still really started talking every class. And then Jer Hyde and Jeremy Bretto were also there and they started talking. And um, slowly I started hanging out with you guys more and more. And I remember in one of the days, Dev gives me a tape. He's like, there's my band. And I'm like, you're in a band? 
Like I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Right. Like I didn't know any, I was just like, holy crap. I know somebody in a band. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, it's not that big of a deal, but for me at that time, I was like, that's all I ever wanted to do. Like you knew me in junior high, even when I was like listening to gangster rap, I was always like, I'm going to start a band. I'm going to be somewhere. And I was like, I finally know people in bands. This is amazing. Right. So, uh, that's cool. I took Dev's tape home and I was like, whoa, this is fucking weird. Cause it was Jewel. Yeah. And, uh, <sighs> It was, it was, I don't know if I, I didn't like it. I'll admit I didn't like it. Sure. And then I started listening to it more and more and I was like, wait a minute, I do like this. It's like, it's, it's so weird and crazy that I like it. And not just because I'm friends with this guy. Yeah. So, uh, we started going to shows like you guys. And I think I'm, I'm pretty sure Jewel, I went to go see Jewel for the first time it was the first local band I saw. And I think I thought it was showdown 76 and somebody else. And then it would have been shortly after I would have saw a show with you guys. And yeah. Would have gone to Chicks Dig It and things like that. Yeah. But, so I wanted to go with the Jewel song. Cool. Um. Yeah. Then so I went when I went with uh, one off their, like off their tape. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure Dev gave me Jewel versus Dillinger, but the recording quality on Jewel versus Dillinger is so bad. Right. So I went with their like second tape, which is the recording has a little bit better. But I want to apologize to everybody for the recording quality. It is a, remember it was a bunch of 16 year olds. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But uh, the yeah. DIY, the true DIY. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they actually report, recorded this with Grant. Okay. So it's a little bit better than like, but it's still DIY. It's not a ghetto blaster is no. what you're saying. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the song is called Function of the Heart. Function of the Heart. As best as I can tell, because I didn't have a track. I don't have the track uh, listing anymore. And I looked it up and Calgary Cassette Preservation Society has it up there. And Johnny wrote the track listing, but he was like, I'm just guessing. Oh. <laughs> so I think it's, I think it's called Function of the Heart. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. And no effects, Jeff wears Birkenstocks. Happy 50th, Nate. To you too, Mike. Be cool, stay excellent to each other. There it is.
So cool. That's my story. It's a good one. I forgot what I picked. <laughs> Screeching weasel. There it is. I'm glad after 50 years. <laughs> 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, these episodes feel like a year. I'm aging progressively. Lo- longest 50 years of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrating my 39th birthday 50 years later. <laughs> <laughs>